The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. Hello, and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today, we're going to talk about get this, your triggers, and the things that take you out of that calm, peaceful state of flow, ease, joy, and grace, and send you into, ah, right? And what I call the trigger dance, right? When one person gets triggered by another person's trigger, and then the two of you guys are dancing in the land of unconsciousness. We're also going to talk a little bit about how to know if you're triggered, how to become aware, how to work through it. And also, and this is the very most important thing, how not to identify with and become your triggers, right? Because getting triggered is just part of the human experience. And the things that kind of set off those triggers, those things that push your buttons or not, have nothing to do with who and what you really are. All right, so let's do this. So... This is motivated by a couple of experiences that I've had recently, some of which where I got triggered and (laughs) did the trigger dance big time. And then other times where I got triggered and I didn't. And noticing the difference in the external experience, it doesn't always work this way and we can't do it to chase the external experience because (laughs) then we're kind of trapped. What I have noticed when I don't sort of immediately respond from that triggered place, I usually get a different reaction or a more joyful reaction from the other person as well, right? Because when we are in our trigger and we are doing the trigger dance, other people tend to want to come dance with us, right? Or if someone else is doing the trigger dance and you go dance with them, then we are just really in that state of unconsciousness. And when we can not be in our triggers, when we can get triggered or get whatever, but then calm ourselves and respond from there, we often get a different result from the world and from the other people in it. Okay. And so it can really behoove us, right, to start to live from a place of ease, joy, and grace. I know I say this all the time, but live from that more peaceful state, more intuitively guided state. And when we find ourselves triggered, work through that before we just react, right, based on, you know, the button that has been pushed. So that's the topic for today. So about a couple days ago, I was feeling really, really overwhelmed in my life with all the decisions that I have to make, all the things that I need to do. There are a lot. 
Some of you know I've moved cross country, which is really exciting, but also I'm starting a new business. And the new business requires a lot of time investment, a lot of financial investment, and also a lot, a lot of decisions that have to be made all at once really, really quickly. And I was feeling a little overwhelmed and a lot of organization, which is not my forte. So I had someone who was helping me in one area of my life, and that person was wanting me to be more whatever, was feeling overwhelmed themselves, I think, and wanting me to sort of be more present. And I just was like, no, I can't stand another thing. And so the two of us did the trigger dance. And, you know, that happens a lot where her trigger triggered my trigger. And then, uh, you know, there was a, a long period of unconsciousness, at least on my end. I won't speak for the other person because that's not really my place. But uh, for me, there was a period of, oh my God, you know, I need this situation. I need this support. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And, and after, you know, a good sleepless night, And then another one where I did sleep, (laughs) you know, I'm starting to see my way through that. And that's often how it works with us. Sometimes a trigger can last for 24 or 48 hours. Sometimes a trigger can last our whole lifetime and we just keep rebooting it over and over and over again. And that becomes our modus operandi for living our lives, right? For me, they tend to be a little more short-lived because as we get more awareness, right, and as we learn what feels good and what doesn't, in the deepest sense, we tend to want to move away from what doesn't feel good. And we tend to want to move back to that state of ease, joy, and grace. We start to notice when we've left it. We also get a little bit more awareness when we are triggered. So we can make that choice, which a lot of people don't take the time to make, or they don't even know they can make. Am I going to act now from this spot of being triggered. And that's often when we feel a lot of intense emotion and we want to just move that emotion. And it's sort of like scratching an itch really, really, really hard. And it feels good until, you know, you get all bloody. Sorry, that's a gross image, but (laughs) it's kind of how it is, right? If you scratch that mosquito bite really, really hard, it might make it worse. And that's what a lot of us do with our triggers, right? We we just feel so activated that we want to move the energy really, really quick. We don't care how we move it. We just want to relieve ourselves temporarily by moving that energy. And that's when we tend to go into the trigger dance and we tend to react rather than to respond to what, what we are feeling and what is happening in the now. And oftentimes we create more problems. In the short term, we can release a lot of energy and that's what happened here for me. But in the long term, if we're always just, you know, dancing from trigger to trigger to trigger to trigger, we often lose ourselves in that space of unconsciousness. And we're not making informed choices based on the wisdom of our spirit or our soul. More and more, we're just responding and reacting on that level of conditioning, right? And then we're just experiencing the same drama again and again, right? You get triggered, you react, it gets better, and then you get triggered again. Sound familiar? Yep. And, you know, it happens to the best of us. Everyone, you know, very few people survive life completely unscathed, right? It's just one of those things. The process of human experience up until now does not always reflect back our own inner magnificence. And so along the line of life, particularly early life, but just life in general, we tend to get some dings and bruises. And it's the early ones that usually set the stage for the later ones. But again, if you have your eyes closed and you just are like trying to like fight your way out of the space, you're going to keep bruising yourself. You're going to keep getting dinged and bruised even more. So the name of the game in life is really about, you know, taking whatever dings and bruises you got now, being aware of them, being loving and kind to them, and then waking up, opening your eyes 
and making some fresh new choices about how you're going to move forward from that more awakened, conscious, and aligned state. And so when we talk about our triggers, it's around knowing when you're triggered and just not automatically reacting to said trigger. So the first step is to kind of know your emotional landscape and know the kind of things that trigger you. And even noticing when you're triggered, because I think a lot of people, not so much people listening to this show, but we all do this occasionally, sometimes we don't even know. And there's a lot of people walking around who think that whatever's happening in the outside world, right, is the bad guy, and whatever I'm feeling inside is reality. And so they constantly just are triggered by life, and they react to those triggers, and they don't even know that there's another choice. I know that most of the people listening here do know there's another choice. You know because, number one, you've experienced it, right? You've experienced those moments where things do feel to unfold magically, where you are making a choice sort of based on that space, on that ease, on that joy, on that calm, on that inspiration. When you've taken the step back from the, ah, and found the peace there, even in a situation where the outside world was real super prickly, right? Maybe someone said something that just normally would really set you off and you took a step back and you were like, you know what? That's about them. They're having a rough day. It reminded me of that way that, you know, my mother always used to, you know, offload her frustration on me, but that's not what's happening now and I'm okay. Right? And so that first little step of awareness is just to recognize that we've been triggered. And you don't even always have to know why. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes the knowing why can release that little, you know, hurting child inside of you and give you an opportunity to give her some love or him some love. But you don't always need to know why. Okay? And sometimes knowing why can bite us in the butt because that knowing why becomes a mental exercise where we identify with that little child and we say, I am the one whose mom was always so mean to me. That's not who you are. That's just an experience that you had and how it was interpreted at the time, right? And that's what's now in your conditioned space, your conditioned reactions. But again, it's not who you are and it never was. Who you are is a, wait for it, because if you've listened to this show, you know what I'm going to say. You are a beautiful spark of the divine. That is who you are, right? Everything else is just that human stuff going on, which you have chosen and which is beautiful, but does not define your worth, value, or have anything to do with your own divine essence. So anywho, it's when we can respond from that space, from that grander sense, that peace of who and what we really are, that we start to experience more and more of the magic in life. And when we can bring that to those triggers, that's when we can start to deactivate the triggers and when we can start to, again, expand the space so we get triggered less and less. It's a true story. And it will happen for you as well. So the first step is becoming aware and sort of noticing what's the trigger and what's not. And usually if you're really revved up, if you're really upset, if you're really externally focused, meaning you're like, you know, oh my God, she's so obnoxious. Oh my God, the world is such a hard place. Oh my God, things never go my way. You know, you're in your stories, you're in those kind of energies. Oh, my energy is like not happy with that. Got to take a breath. When we're in that place, we're usually not in our intuition and we're usually a wee bit triggered. So I'm going to take a step back because even talking about that has been a little triggery for me. But if you find yourself triggered, it's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's part of the human experience. So the second step is just to recognize and then you know give yourself some love, right? Take that step back just as you just saw me do. 
take a breath. Give yourself a little internal TLC, right? Be your own inner parent and tell yourself how magnificent you are, how beautiful you are, how it's all okay, and how everyone feels this way sometimes, right? Give yourself that little hug, take that step, take that breath. And you might have to do this multiple times if it's a big trigger. And then make the agreement to respond from that place, right? Because that will give you a whole nother different choice points, right? So the first point is to recognize. The second point is to bring yourself out of it, bring yourself home. And if you can't do that right away, that's okay too. Just let the trigger go. You don't have to respond or react or do anything when you're triggered, right? You can just let it be, let it play out and soothe and hold and love yourself through it. And sometimes you'll be able to snap right back and sometimes it'll take a few minutes, a little bit of time. (sighs) A little bit of breathing, a little bit of space creating, internal space creating, but you'll get there. You absolutely would. So the second step is just to breathe and to come home to yourself. And then the third step to avoiding the trigger dance is to use the opportunity to decide on how you want to reply, how you want to respond. And sometimes there's nothing to be done, right? Sometimes we get triggered, we're driving in traffic and someone cuts us off and we get really, really, really upset and our stories come out or maybe we're just scared because, you know, it's always scary and we just have to kind of ride the wave of the feelings around it and not get too lost in the story of, oh my God, that guy's such a jerk and, you know, everyone else always needs to go somewhere really, really fast or he's not thinking about anyone else but himself or you don't know any of that, right? (laughs) And you don't have to do the opposite and say he's probably taking his wife to the hospital. You know, you can if that helps, (laughs) but you don't have to do anything. Sometimes it's just riding the wave, right? It's just riding the wave of the strong feelings and reminding yourself, hey, yeah, that was scary. Let me breathe. But other times there is something that needs to be done. Like in some of the recent experiences that I had with triggers, there were things I needed to be done. There were conversations that needed to be had. There were decisions that needed to be made. And on one of the circumstances, I made the decision from the trigger and it was a little bit messy. Um, and the other, I was really able to wait and a lot of time had passed. So that helped and stay really calm. And that one had, I think, you know, a much clearer resolution. Um, and they're both works in progress. So who knows? And so again, we make that choice, that decision choice, you know, it's always best if we can make it from that calm, clear state. And sometimes that's going to take a year, right? And sometimes that's going to take a couple minutes. And again, sometimes the only decision to make is to let it go. But we tune in when we are calm and we we start to tune in and ask, all right, show me, guide me. What's the next best step here? And that's again, how we retrain ourselves rather than just reacting from trigger to trigger to create that space to go inside and then to choose the adequate response, whatever that may be. The guides remind me the thing about the trigger dance is that we often don't do it alone. And so oftentimes our triggers will be interacting with somebody else's. And I see this a lot in relationships. And I see it a lot when I'm doing, say, like couples counseling or parent-child relationship counseling, where you'll see that each party has their own little basket of buttons, right, that get pushed. And a relationship becomes a lot of people pushing each other's buttons. And so over the course of time, right, the consciousness or the love that sometimes might have brought two people together, and some people are also just drawn to each other by the buttons because the more unconsciously you live, friends, the more you're just going from trigger to trigger and you're living through your buttons. It's a true story. So again, avoiding the trigger dance, you know, also means 
right? Taking a step back from those buttons and, and living more and more from that aligned state where we're living from our soul. And the triggers, they might still be there, but they're not, they're not guiding the show. But a lot of times what I see is that people are doing the trigger dance, no matter how much awareness they have. And you know, even if they come into a relationship with a fair amount of true love and connection and awareness, the trigger dance can quickly take over where my stories and your stories, they start interacting and become our stories. And the relationship takes on an unconscious life of its own where it's hard for two people to be conscious in that situation. And it can happen over the course of a relationship. Right. And I've seen relationships end because it just becomes there's so many buttons and there's so much baggage that it's better to sort of leave the baggage and move on. But I can see it in all sorts of different circumstances where, you know, one person's buttons are pushed and the other person's buttons get pushed. And then, you know, the interchange is really just about the two people's unconsciousness and not so much about what would be the best solution in the now. And that's what I would call the trigger dance. And so again, in those circumstances, it can be helpful, number one, to recognize that you're triggered and also to recognize the other guy's triggered, okay? And, you know, that doesn't necessarily excuse bad behavior, but it does help you not go into judgment. When you understand that we're all human and that I'm acting from my triggers and they're acting from their triggers right now, right, it really lets you take that step back and to look at that whole situation from a higher place of love and joy and alignment, right? And it helps you find compassion for yourself, which is really key. And it also may help you find compassion for the other person. Again, it doesn't mean that you put up with bad behaviors. If someone else's triggered behavior makes them punch you in the face, please don't be around that person. I want you to be safe. But it does help you not go into your story, which is I'm always the victim and everyone's always punching me right? Or, you know, these people are so terrible and everyone's so violent and everyone's so mean and, right, you understand, no, you know, this person isn't evil, right? And even if they're behaving in a way that is looking that way, I can respect their divinity. I can understand this is their programming. This is their conditioning. I don't have to necessarily interact with it, right? But it it takes you out of judgment, right? It takes you out of the story. And when we're locked in judgment, we're in our triggers. You are always judging from a wounded space, Okay, I'm going to say that again. When we are in judgment, we are always judging from the part of us that's hurting, right? Sometimes we're judging from the part of us that's hurting and wants to feel superior. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're judging from the part of us that's hurting that feels victimized, which is in some ways another twisted form of superiority, by the way, right? But judgment's always coming from that place of fear, scarcity, and pain. That's where it's coming from. It's coming from that lower self. And, you know, it's your human conditioning, it's fine, but when we can step out of judgment, even for a moment, of ourselves and others and have compassion for ourselves, for the other, for the experience, and then make a decision based on there, we're going to probably have a better result. And we're going to more and more live in the energy of ease, joy, and grace rather than doing the perpetual trigger dance. So the guys are also wanting me to pause and say compassion because they say compassion is one of those words that's often misunderstood. And a lot of times people, especially the ones that are drawn to podcasts like this one, we think compassion as endless giving and, you know, really always seeing the best in everybody else and and putting our needs last. And that is not what I'm talking about at all, right? Compassion is not bleeding out. Compassion is loving ourselves 
And first and foremost, and seeing everything through those glasses, through the rose-colored glasses of love. And rose-colored glasses, you know, is even the wrong thing because we think of rose-colored glasses meaning, you know, they block out everything that's that's not right, true, and good. It's just more a matter of just seeing, you know, everything from that loving stance, but also at the same time, you can see it realistically, right? punching hurts and it's not a good thing to do and we don't want to be part of it. And oftentimes the loving and compassionate thing to do for ourselves is to get us out of a situation where we're going to potentially get punched, right? That is the loving choice. But that doesn't mean that you have to judge the person that's doing the punching. What you really need to do is just get out of the way and and stop interacting in such a way that's going to, you know, keep reinforcing the fact that you get hit in the face. Got it? So the compassionate choice is releasing judgment and also making choices based on what serves your highest and greatest good. And knowing whatever serves your highest and greatest good in the now is really of the highest level of service for everyone. I promise you that it cannot be any other way, right? And so when we make that compassionate choice for that loving choice for ourselves, when we agree to step back and listen to our highest guidance and act from there, Right, that is where we can bring more awareness to the party and to the circumstances, and that's where it doesn't have to be about what they did or what you did or who's right or who's wrong because that's another way to get back into ego. <laughs> it's not about that. That's the story. It's simply about asking, okay, what do I need to know now? What do I need to see now? What do I need to understand now? And what is the next best course of action? Which sometimes can be nothing. Sometimes it can be nothing. Sometimes there's nothing to be done, and that's okay too. Right? So avoiding the trigger dance is recognizing when you're triggered, being super kind to yourself through the process, and then taking that step back, finding the space, and asking yourself, all right, what's the next best step? What serves my highest good in the now? And that's really, 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 really the whole thing. The pitfalls of the trigger dance is judgment. When we get into judging ourselves, judging the other person, or when we feel like we're not good, right? Because we've been triggered. Who's done that? I got really triggered. I did this really dumb thing. Oh, now I'm doomed for life. You are not doomed for life. You're just being human. And we're all going to be human sometimes. Yours truly gets human all the time. And you know what? I'm proud of my humanness. She's adorable. She's like the cutest little thing. I'm going to give her a big hug and a squeeze right now, even though she looks a little zombie-esque in my mind's eye. Right? We all go there. And in those moments, again, it's having compassion for yourself, having compassion for that human part of yourself. And then coming back to center when you're ready as you can and making a new choice, making a new start and being loving and kind to yourself. The guides say again, oftentimes we're not aware of our triggers and we're not even aware when we're triggered. So some things that will help with that are number one, setting that intention. Show me, right? Show me, give me the awareness to know, right? When I'm in the light and when I'm off and when I'm off, nudge me, help me make the loving choice right? Help me be aware and help me come back to center as soon as as humanly possible. And remember, humanly possible because you are a human. And though we can bounce out of it instantaneously, and I often do, you know, sometimes it takes a while and that is fine as well. Ah, The guides also say too, and I think we said this before, 
You know, don't make it a story about the trigger or a story about anything. You don't have to tell a story at all other than the story that you are lovable, that you are beautiful, that you are divine, that you are blessed, that you are golden, that you are love and light incarnate, and that you too have the power to navigate this human experience with ease, joy, grace, and alignment. And more and more in each and every day, you are living from your core, from your soul, from your spirit, right? more and more than you are living from your triggers and from your ego. That's it. And if you do find yourself triggered, because we all do, just know it's part and parcel of the human experience. And that sometimes too, that trigger, it wants to take on a life of its own. It's just sometimes it needs to play out. It wants to play out. And sometimes it can play out in our minds. Sometimes we can go for a run, get the energy off that way because it's usually energy that wants to move. And every once in a while, you know, we're going to keep kicking that wall until we, we stub our toe. And then, you know, you're going to sit down, you're going to heal the toe, and then you're going to move forward. And that is okay too. The guides also want me to share for everybody listening, you are more than your triggers, you are more than your, and they're using the word lower self, but that doesn't mean that sometimes you won't get lost there. And when you do find yourself lost there, just, you know, it's okay. And that this dance of life is increasing our awareness more and more and more and more. And that each moment you wake up, each moment you say, I was triggered, and then you make a different choice or you say, I was triggered, and you don't make a different choice, and then you make a different choice, right? Those are the moments when we are increasing our consciousness. Those are the moments when we're living our light. And this is the path, right, towards enlightenment. Mm, I love that. So I think that's all that wants to come through today. I want you all to know as always that you're loved, that you're golden, and that, you know, be human, love your humanity, and know that you're beautiful, you're divine, and uh, life can be joy because that's what she has in store for you. All right. I think I'm going to stop talking now and just bid you all farewell with a namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.